What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another, back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang for being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to Tuesday Night Titans, where it's a slow Tuesday, and we don't mind if the ladies are Titans. All right? If you guys want to go hog in a night, Tuesday night is your night. All right? Shout out to the slow Tuesday, the gorditas. The big women, the busted Pillsbury biscuit can committee, the 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 human resource, uh, the human resource department here at the Coach Greg Adams, the Veracruz Vein Brigade, all right, all the older women, whoever you guys are piping down tonight, all right, whoever you guys are, I hope she keeps the bed warm, keeps a warm bed. Anyway, man, today we're gonna talk about our boy Shaq Daddy, all right, Shaquille O'Neal, all right. Oh, man, Shaquille O'Neal, man. I, I like Shaquille O'Neal. He's one of my favorites, and we talked about him a little bit, but it seems like Shaq is doing a little bit of shuffling lately, and he needs to be called out on this one a little bit. But we're going to try to understand what he's doing here, and this is why I posed the question. Is the big Shaq Diesel shuffling? I can do some shuffling, too. Look out, man, what you going to do? So I know Shaquille O'Neal always threatens to put paws on people. So as I said before, just talking about Shaquille O'Neal, I'm not trying to get paws put on me. All right, paws. I'm not trying to create a rift. Anytime we discuss these things, it would easily be able to, you know, I can just diss him, throw him under the bus. He's a simp. But we're talking about a man that is six foot one and well over 300 pounds. So I'm going to be a little bit lenient on my judgment here. And I'm also going to put up some things here that tells you what exactly what he's doing. So I know a lot of men are listening to the last couple of weeks. Shaquille O'Neal is on his apology tour. All right. He's on his apology tour of all of the dirty deeds that he has done. And I understand why. Shaquille O'Neal, I understand why. And I'm going to just let the people know around this so-called manosphere why you're shuffling right now. Why you're shuffling. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man, what you going to do? Look out, boys, it's coming through. Yeah, man, yeah, man. And it looks like I made a mistake. I said six foot one, he's seven foot one. That was definitely a mistake. And I'm probably was minimizing him subconsciously to make sure that uh, he didn't slap me in the next week. Yeah, somebody said I said six foot one. Did I say six foot one? Definitely meant seven foot one. But sometimes I make mistakes too. But before we do that, we got to acknowledge the people who have come in here early on with the Super Chats. And we'll uh, acknowledge some of the commentary that they've given so far. Thank you for being here. Andrew says, a coffee for the coach. By the way, Coach Stradamus has struck again. The hashtag me also movement has just summoned up Tim Westwood at age 64. Mm. Hush money don't work the same. Oh, my goodness. So I had to look it up. I did not know who the gentleman you were talking about was. So I'm going to go ahead and look it up. I actually looked it up for the people who want to know. We actually cover these things. Where did my last? Where did, oh, here it is right here. I was going to say, I had a link open that I wanted to share. And uh, Tim Westwood is a DJ. Seven women have accused X-Radio 1 DJ of predatory behavior in joint investigations by The Guardian and the BBC. All right, Tim Westwood, Bishop's son, who became a hip-hop heavyweight. And it sounds like he's got women. Three accusers have accused the DJ of optimistic 
and predatory behaviors sexually while four others alleged that they were groped at uh, groped by him at events. The women who were in their late teens and early 20s, this is junior college age, when they say the incident happened, described their experiences to The Guardian and BBC News. Pause. As part of a joint investigation into the former radio DJ. So as we can see here, um, this isn't a legal case yet. These are used in the court of public opinion, and they're using the court of public opinion to bury the guy, unfortunately. And uh, as we see now, I don't know if they can litigate. We're not going to get the full extent of the allegations. We live in an interesting time, gentlemen. And uh, this case with Amber Heard, I'm going to just point out something a little bit later related to this, that allegations are enough. I don't know if you guys know and are taking this seriously. And I will venture to say some of these women at that age of late teen and early 20s did come, did were, let me see here. It says they were um, opportunistic and predatory sexual behavior. So that could be he was paying them for sex and they were broke and they wanted to take the deal. Who knows what that means? Who knows what that means? Opportunistic, meaning they were broke. He had a little bit of money. He was willing to pay them. He paid them. He got the peace leave. But now that they're adults, hey, man, he took advantage of me. Because, look, the earliest allegation, uh, sorry, the earliest alleged incident took place in 1992 and the most recent in 2017. So, again, man, we live in a crazy, crazy time. Now, if you have been doing something nefarious with women, obviously, um, you know, these things are going to come up. And, um, you know, you're going to be exposed for the most part. But I look at it and go, you know, we can bring back old claims from way back. You don't have the ability to defend yourself. Uh, you don't know who many of these people probably he don't remember who they are. But uh, you guys got to remember this, that you're a man. They remember all of these encounters and they can probably describe in detail whether they're telling the truth or lying how the events happen, and you don't know nothing because after you roared, you forgot everything. So be careful out here. And coming forward, this is, again, Kostradama strikes again. If you're a man today, this is my advice to you. I'm giving you good advice. I know you guys want to finesse your way to some peace league. If you're a man that wants to be successful in the future, meaning you – you think you're going to make six figures. You think you're going to be a millionaire. You think you're going to be successful. You think you're going to probably have some status. Whatever you're doing in between those days is going to be called up. So any woman that you've been in intimate with, with, she's going to see where you are now. And she's going to say, wait a minute. I didn't like the way he made me feel. The way you make me feel. You're really turning me on. So she's going to go, well, you know, it was a little bit weird and I didn't really like it. And he pumped and dumped me and he, he, he ignored my text messages. And mainly because you have status, she can come after you and target you guys. This is the reality of the world we live in today. And I want you guys to really be understanding you're looking at men that got, they're getting me too from like the 1970s, the 1980s, and the 1990s. Have I not told you about some of these hip-hop artists early on? This is kind of going to why you see Shaquille O'Neal doing what he's doing. I'm telling you, we haven't even got to the 2000s yet. 2010s, the 2020s. By the time we get to 2040, who knows what type of world we're in? And if you've been 
playing the field, manipulating women. This is why I tell you, don't manipulate them, man. Just tell them what you want and make sure you record consent. Keep Snapchat, keep uh, Snapchats or whatever. Make sure you're doing this because they can always play the, well, I didn't know. And he was, what, what, is the, what does the phrase say? Opportunistic and predatory sexual behavior. I don't know what that is. But it seems like opportunistic could mean anything. I mean, especially if you're talking about a woman in her late teens and early 20s, right? Like uh, you took advantage of the situation. You let her get behind the DJ booth and you told her to suck you off beforehand. And she sucked you off just to get behind the booth. I don't know. That's opportunistic to me. And you took advantage of, of your position, your authority and status. And you belittle her and shamed her. Trey Songs. Look at what Trey Songs is going through. Look at what R. Kelly has been through. Although I'm not defending any of these people. But what I'm, what I'm saying is the woman that came out with Trey Songs recently, I believe that video was more than five years old. You see what I'm saying, guys? So if you're listening to dating coaches that are telling you to manipulate women in any form or fashion, I'm telling you it's the wrong way to go. I'm just telling you. I'm trying to help you. If they're telling you, and I'm not beefing with any of these guys, but what I'm telling you, running game is going to get you in trouble in, the, in today's world. Running game could get you in trouble. I'll say could, especially if you become someone. Manipulation in any form or fashion. Really messing with younger women because at some point they're young, but now they become older women, right? And then they're going to realize, damn. Uh, and older women... Uh, older women, this is how it works with them, just so you know. Um, older women start to have daughters. All right. Older women start to have daughters. And what's going to happen is they're going to see their daughter become the age of the, of the age in which they got manipulated uh, sexually. Right. Because young women. Let me tell you about young women and we're really going off here. But I'm just going to tell you, young women between the ages of 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, they think they know what they're doing, right? In their world, they got it. They understand it. They don't need you no more. They don't need protection. Every Disney movie was about this, by the way. Just so you know, every Disney movie describes this. All right. Hey, here's I'm going to arrange your marriage. Not me. I'm going to run off with the uh, Aladdin, right? Uh, the, the girl, the little mermaid. Hey, uh, marry this person. No, I'm going to marry the, the guy outside the water. All right. So they're, they're starting to rebel against the father and authority and anybody that's pushing them. They got it figured out. However, the downside to that, once they start escalating in this world and putting themselves into predicaments. They're going to have to do they're going to do things that they really didn't want to do when they look at it when they're 40 in hindsight and they see their 16, 17 year old daughter in front of them. And they're looking at their 17, 18-year-old, 19-year-old daughter. And they're going to look at that girl and go, she's, she doesn't have it. She's an, she's an idiot. She's ignorant. She doesn't know what this world is about. And then she's going to look at that woman and say, damn, when I was 18, this DJ made me suck him off to get behind the booth. All right? And she's going to be disgusted. She's going to say, how did that man take advantage of me? Because she's going to look at her daughter like a little girl. And then she's going to reflect, God dang, these guys were taking advantage of me. I was so naive. I was so dumb. And I was just wanting, you know, they might have took their shirt off for a T-shirt. And they're going to look back now and say, I was an idiot. They took advantage of me. Okay? So understand what's going on here in this dynamic. And in America, guys, you guys are almost don't have a leg to stand on. 
in this world today, by the way. <laughs> no regrets. So I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be difficult going forward. So you guys better be careful. If you're doing running game and manipulation from the 1990s, these guys are idiots selling you this. But that's just my opinion. That, that don't fly no more. How many times you got to tell you? It doesn't fly. Now, if you're a guy, let me just say this. If you're a guy that's not going to accomplish anything in life in the future, go ahead. By all means, go ahead. You have nothing to lose. You're going to be a loser all your life. Well, you know, you're just going to sit off the grid and sit in your one-bedroom apartment and never make over $35,000 a year. You're good. You can pump and dump and run game all you want because you got nothing to lose. All right, going to jail might be an upgrade for you. <laughs> but if you plan on becoming somebody, be careful with these tactics and games. These people are not playing. And I, it, this is the realest advice I can give you. I'm not trying to tell you to not get no peace leave. I'm just telling you, the game is, is, is not set up for that anymore. And by the way, you're not tricking women, so stop it. Um, <laughs> Women have turned down more men than you've ever approached a woman. So let's stop with the BS. I love when, when guys are talking about how they're going to manipulate a woman and you ain't even approached 30 women in your life. Guys, women turn down in one form or fashion. They turn down 30 men per week through nonverbal communication, through non-looking at them, making body language, vo vocally turning them down, telling them they ain't got no chance. Women turn down and have more interactions in a uh, situation than you will ever have. So let's just get that straight. All right. If you're a new booty and rookie, all right, I'll learn from the internet. I've, I've talked to my YouTube Mac. I'm going to go out there and approach. And you've never approached women before and you're starting to approach them. They've already got you beat. They've already know. They turned down more men than you ever even approach women. So stop. So stop with the bull crap. But y'all can sell hopium to these virgins out here all you want. All right. Shout out to Warhammer. Without the free agent lifestyle, I wouldn't know what, I, what to do. All right, shout out to you, man. Free, free, coach. We trying to be free out here. Shout out to Simon Small. Shout out to Simon Small in the building. And Xavier SD, the simping don't work the same. Shout out to you. How much money is that, brother? All right, yeah, uh, yeah. How about um, Instagram and Facebook? By the time you, they they're turning down men on a constant basis and hearing all the information and you trying to practice. <coughs> well, hello there. You know, <laughs> you try to practice your cold approach. Bro, they already been turning down, dude. Uh, let me see here. Ross Timmons, what's your best advice to men who want kids someday, but not the headaches of long-term relationship and or marriage? Uh, we talked about that quite a bit, so I won't talk about it a lot. But uh, this seems to be the hang-up in this sphere because people, and I'm not talking about you, people want to have babies in the traditional way. So what they'll do is they'll say, well, I know all of that, coach, but I'll roll the dice. I want to find a woman. I want her to fall in love with me. I want to mount her. I want to inseminate her. And then I want to build a family together, right? Uh, most of us, this is what we wish. But most people in relationships and marriages don't turn out that way. And then you find out the hard way. And then you in child support court. And then you're in alimony. And it's painful. Uh, the... It's painful, guys. Uh, people really don't know. People really don't know. I, I don't think you really understand the full weight of alimony and child support. I just, hey, uh, 
brothers that are on child support or who have ever dealt with child support or have ever dealt with alimony or divorce, please let these people know what they're looking at. I mean, just give them a, in a maybe five to seven words. Because <laughs> again, I know the unknown is killing you. I did a coaching call recently and a guy was like, you know, I'm approaching 30 and I just don't know what to do. I'll roll the dice. All right, that's all I can tell you. I can't promise you anything. I can't even promise you that you're going to get divorced. I don't know. But I need you guys to really understand. Once you start dealing with the law, and 60 or 70% of you will. And I know somebody's saying, no, 50% marriage divorce rate. No, there's still guys that get, uh, there's still marriages that file for divorce, and then they get back together. We gave you story after story about that. Um, the guy from Blackish. They filed for divorce, got back together. She eventually filed for divorce. Uh, there was another guy, Billy Ray Cyrus. They filed for divorce three times. So just because you don't get divorced doesn't mean you're not going to deal with the law. And in this situation here, you guys just don't get it. There's men that are paying thousands of dollars a month in child support, and they're stuck. <laughs> there's, there's men that are paying lifetime alimony to women they were married to 20 years ago. It's real in the field. It is very, very real. And, and I, that's all I can tell you. And when you go in there, it's no sympathy for you. I had a lawyer one time told me how much child support I could pay. Literally. And I was like, it's not possible. And they were like, well, just pay it. You know, <laughs> I'm like, what? <clears throat> that was their advice. They were like, well, you can, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> so, but hold, I was like, but hold on. That's over 12, 14 years. I mean, how am I going to do that? You see the number. How is that possible? You see my income. You see the number. How is that possible? Well, you know, it's the law. I can't do anything about it. You can't do nothing about it. <laughs> I was like, bro, I will be eating top ramen the rest of my life. I wouldn't even be able to save nothing. So what would you do? There's a couple things you can do and we'll get on. Surrogacy. Have a kid outside of the country. Roll the dice, marry into a commune somewhere, marry without a marriage license, roll the dice on that one. That's either hit or miss. These lawyers don't play around. Well, that doesn't matter because you got, I just won't get a state license. Doesn't matter. Many times it doesn't matter. Get a prenup. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things you can do, but it is what it is. Yeah, start a cult, be David Koresh. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But the, the end line is a lot of guys want to do it the traditional way. You want to fall in love. You want to have, I know you want to do it that way. It's a great, fantastic story. And it's good. You're going to have good times. But um, I thought I'd be married forever and be in my kid's life forever. I mean, it may turn out I won't be in their life at all. Um, but fortunately, I've been able to be in their lives sometimes full-time, sometimes part-time. Sometimes it'll, it's, there's always a threat that it could be never. Even today, even today, there's there's a threat that it could be like, oh, no, we'll, we'll go move with mom or, um, you know, in, at any point it can change just like that. And then now you're on the hook. So you got to know how difficult it is afterwards. I I always warn you, you guys do not know. I, you don't get it until you're in it. So I get it. Men are hard headed. Men are hard headed. You don't get it until it happens to you. And when it happens to you, your ass will be screaming from the mountaintop. 
<laughs> you ever see these guys that got married, divorced, they got divorced, great, the kingdom come, and you see how angry they are, you see how they are, you see all of the information they know, and they're like, this is bull crap. You see them? Watch 50 videos of that before you try to go and ask me what should you do. Watch 50 guys like that. Some of them are going to be enraged. Some of them are going to be confused. Some of them are going to be broke. Some of them are going to have to move back in with their parents. Some of them live in an RV, a trailer park. And everybody's going to not care, bro. They're not going to care. <laughs> They're not going to care that you're struggling. They're not going to care that 50% of your money is gone. They're not going to care that it's not fair. They're just going to be like, man, just pay the money and never see your kids again. Just suck it up. What do I need to yeah, some delete themselves. Some say to hell with that. Some flee the country. They got to live in some third world country somewhere. Some stay and fight it for decades. Some say, man, forget it. I'll fight for my kids. Fight, 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 fight. And then the kids kick you in the nuts when they turn 18 and say, get the hell out of here. <laughs> I didn't like you anyway, daddy. Dude, that happens. You stay and fight. And then the kids be like, bro, I hated you the whole time. <laughs> like, uh, Mr. Palmer just showed a video of that. Shout out to Mr. Palmer on the FCK shout support. Let me give him a shout out. I know we're talking about Shaq, but normally for the thir first 30 minutes, we talk about other topics and handle the super chats. Uh, let me do this. I'm going to look up Mr. Palmer. Mr. Palmer, Mr. Palmer, Mr. Palmer, shout out to him. He just did a video on this. Uh, he's the guy from FCK Child Support. Go give him a hit. Uh, go give him a like and a subscribe. And so he just did a video series on this one, and I was watching. So a father right here in Tennessee, um, he fathered his kids up until the age of 15 and 13 or something like that. They were close in age or 16 and 15. I can't remember what it was. So here he is right here. So at, at some point, the kids just got tired of dad. They got tired of the daddy, and they were done with daddy. They wanted to wash hands with dad, but dad wanted to keep the kids around, and, you know, he thought he had a little bit of leg to stand on. And the kids were like, no, nah, we moving out. Okay, we going to live with mommy. And there, there's a video of them, of him having a confrontation with the daughter, and the daughter just calling them all kind of names, kicking them in the nuts, slapping them, hitting them, telling them to shut up in his own house, completely disrespecting them, saying that they were going to call the police, et cetera. The daughter's saying this in his house. This man coached the volleyball team. He was active with his kids. And then the kid said, hell with all that. That means nothing to me. I want whatever mommy's giving me. I want love. You're pushing me too hard. Whatever it is, this is what happened to that guy. And the kids literally packed their bags and got the hell up out of Dodge. He recorded them walking down the street with suitcases, suitcases and pillows. Now, that's your seed. That's the people that you've poured money into and interest and love, uh, the love, the, the way you love them. And then they said, hell with all that. We don't want none of that. I don't care. And everything you did for me, I don't care. I, I actually hated it when you did it with me. That, this, he did two video series, so I'm pointing it right here. Tennessee Father with Equal Queer. He did two series because I think the first one had to shut down. The first one I watched, I didn't see the second one. Um. But um, and he's trying to go to the court and say, hey, what do we do, court? You know what the court say? Hey, it is what it is, bro. Just let it happen. And then you know what's going to happen after that. As soon as they get over to Mammy's house. They're going she's going to get some child support. 
<laughs> I mean, that's what's going to happen. So that's part of the equation, and the father knows that. So he's like, damn, if I get zero parenting time, that's going to really sway the numbers. And I'm going to have to end up paying in that, and you're socking it to her pocket. You're socking it to her pocket. All that money that you gave to the to the leagues and the training and the the, the school and all of that stuff, you're going to have to stop giving that or you're going to have to give half of that and sock the mama to her pocket. You know? So what do I tell you guys? What am I telling you? I'm just telling you the realities of what's going on. I'm not saying it's going to happen to you. But when it does happen to you, there's nobody that's going to help you. And many people, even attorneys, your friends, they're going to say, man, just, okay. They'll be like, just deal with it. Just pay the obscene money to the mom. And the mom was never even working with you. You know what I mean? Like, I can see if the mom was cool with you and the kids were like, I'm leaving. And you worked it out with her. Okay, all right. You know, just send me the bills. I'll cover up it. But if you've had a combative mom and somehow she got to them and she was able to love bomb them and you push, the kids are going to go over there. And then what's going to happen is she's going to go to the full extent and go. And you're going to be sitting there, sitting on a crate, watching your iPhone through internet that you're stealing from somebody else. That's what you're going to be doing income-wise. I'm just letting you know, bro. Uh, what, what do we tell guys? I know you guys want to use the hope strategy, but you can go to surrogacy, go have a kid across the country um, in another country. Um, you can you can uh, adopt a kid. You can marry a single mama. I mean, anything. I mean, I wouldn't suggest the last two, but I just keep after reiterating that. Reiterate. I have to keep telling you. Yeah, you're rolling the dice. In America, you're rolling the dice. Okay. And I give you the statistics. 17.5% of kids of kids that are, are raised in a um, two-parent household, right? So I, I kept messing up that stat. But only 17.5 American households are uh, father, mother, and kids. Everybody else is on some busted up, broken. <laughs> You're really messing with the low percentage. And listen, with that, I'm going to go um, – on with the show. Shout out to Trey Zoe. Thank you, coach, for the soft white underbelly channel tip. I can't believe these stories. Yeah, man, they be showing some crazy stuff over there. They be, they be. Let's get into Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, I know that's what you came for. Uh, here's a video. This is from the Kevin Samuels channel of uh, Shaquille O'Neal talking about he's going to be a dating coach or a relationship coach and call it uh, Love Shack University is now in session and email me your relationship questions and concerns. And uh, he's going to mention, uh, not Shaquille O'Neal, he's going to mention Kevin Samuels, which makes you understand that he's well aware of Kevin Samuels, the RP community, or any of this men's advice, men's relationship advice. He's well aware of channels like this. Never think that celebrities aren't watching us. You'll be surprised. Who watches you? All right. Somebody remember when the Chris Rock thing came on and came on and you guys were like, oh, Chris Rock follows you on Instagram. I was like, what? All right. So I didn't know. But celebrities are watching us. They got YouTube, too. So that means he well aware of the message that we talk about here in this community. Let's listen. Fella is going to school a few lucky listeners in matters of the heart. I'm going to be the big Kevin Samuels. Uh -oh. <laughs> That's right. Girl, you and best. we're going to call this LSU. Love. 
So there he did reference Kevin Samuels and he said average at best. So he's picked up on the information. So don't think he's not aware of what's going on right there. All right. So let's continue on right here. Why do people say Shaquille O'Neal potentially might be simping these days? All right. Let's go through what's going on here. Shaquille O'Neal opens up. This is of April 19th, 2022. April 19th, 2022. So that was a week ago. He seems to be on a tour trying to cleanse his soul, cleanse his soul of some of the dirt he might have done. And let's go ahead and see what he's admitted. Shaquille O'Neal opens up about his divorce from ex-wife Shawnee. Quote, it was all me. Shaquille O'Neal has opened up about his 2011 divorce. Shaq, age 50, appeared on the Pivot podcast and laid the blame for his split from his ex-wife Shawnee at his feet. Now, prior to this, it wasn't as simple as that. We'll go over a few of the details about the divorce. It was a highly contested divorce. So he was not willing to part ways with money, and it doesn't seem he was taking the blame then. However, it seems like he's clearing his soul right now, which a lot of men do. Um, he says right here, quote, I was bad. She was awesome. Hold up for a second. Now, this may be true. And, you know, judging by six degrees of separation, I know it to be true. But I don't th know her to be awesome. That I don't know. But, you know, he'll admit it. He says, quote, it was all me. We don't need to talk about what I was doing, but I wasn't protecting her or protecting these vows. Sometimes you live a double life and get caught up. I'm not going to say it was her. It was all me. Now, some people do reflect back on their marriage and, you know, 10, 15 times. You get the emotion involved. I mean, the emotions are gone. The child support payments end. Uh, you can start to mend the relationship with your ex once the courts are not able to dip their hands in the pocket anymore. And then you can relax and enjoy your life around 45, 50, 55. And now you can look at your ex and say, yeah, OK, I'll start admitting because just to be honest, uh, as much as we talk about marriage and divorce on here um, and talk about what wives do, hey, husbands do dirt, too. And a lot of dudes that get screwed in divorce, they were doing dirt. Doesn't mean they do deserve what they got based on the law, but. Yeah, let's keep it real. Men were were, were doing dirt, and and, and uh, Shaquille O'Neal is admitting it. Now to say she was awesome and I was all bad, I don't know, Shaq, on that one. I'm I don't know, man. And that's you. I'm not going there. I I would never go that far, and that tells me something going on here. He kept reiterating that he put the blame on himself. "Quote: She did exactly what she was supposed to do." Wait a minute. Hold up. <sighs> I got to give you a shuffle. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm sorry, Shaq. I know you're going to put pause on me. Pause. But I'm going to have to say you shuffling right there. Let's just keep it real. Shaq, you shuffling on that one. It says she did exactly what she was supposed to do. Unquote, the NBA Hall of Famer continued. She takes care. She take care of the kids, take care of the house, take care of corporate stuff. It was just all me. Now, um, that sounds like what Cam Newton was asking for. I just want a woman to take care of kids and cook and clean. And he caught all kind of hell. But now you're saying she did what she was supposed to do. Make this make sense. He says she did exactly what she was supposed to do. Take care of kids, take care of house, take care of corporate stuff. Wait a minute. That sounds like what Cam Newton was asking for, and he caught hell. So I know some women are going, yeah, Shaq, give your wife credit. 
He gave her credit for cooking and cleaning. That's what he gave her credit for. Y'all clapping that up? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, I say. All right. Come on, man. All right. Shout out to uh, this is the video. Maybe we'll listen to it. Sometimes when you make a lot of mistakes like that, you can't really come back from that. But as I get older and you dwell on the situations, quote, it was all me, end quote. He's taking 100% of the blame. He also, he was also candid about what he lost. The best feeling for me was coming home and hearing five to six different voices. He said, don't matter if I miss 15 free throws and we lost. They don't care about that. He said uh, he was just being greedy. All right, so he's definitely on, was on his Will Chamberlain. And I think that's what he's guilty about, uh, the dirt that he did. So, you know, this is not a secret. And he's admitting to it without admitting to it because if he admits to it with details, he can lose the bag that we're going to talk about here. And he says, quote, unquote, quote, quote, I had a perfect situation, he said. Wife was finer than a mug, kept giving me babies, still finer than a mug, a mug. I had it all, and I don't make excuses. I know I messed up. When the D word happened, divorce, I don't like to use that word. I was lost. Yeah. 76,000 foot uh, square foot house by yourself. Lost. No kids. Go to the gym. Nobody playing. You go to their room. Nobody's there. Well, yes, I know that feeling, too. I know that feeling, too, when you're a co-parent or you do lose custody of your kids. You do become lost as a man. And uh, it is a sad situation that many men face having to come home to no children anymore. And this is why I always tell you, losing time with your children is probably one of the most hurtful things of divorce. I probably would say it's number one. That at some particular point, you're going to lose access to your children. And let's just tell tell you this. Even if you get a little bit of access to your children, you're still going to have to fight society's expectations of what you should have done in the custody situation. And you're going to constantly be challenged. And uh, society is not going to allow you to be father of the year for too long. At some particular point, people think it's natural for the children to be with the, with the mother. And you just write the, write the checks and stay out of the business. Now, my point to this is, I would agree with that. Unfortunately, by the time the kids are 23, 24, and 25, and they get smacked with reality of the world, guess who they run back to? They run back to daddy. But daddy's pockets is a little bit lighter because the previous years where he was restricted access, he don't got no money left. He's a broken man. He's a shell of himself. And so, hey, daddy, fix it. I'm in danger. Hey, daddy, fix it. I'm in debt. Hey, daddy, fix it. I know better now. I shouldn't have rebelled. Hey, daddy, fix it. I shouldn't have been listening to my mother. Oh, daddy, I'm sorry. I kept you out of my life. I chose to go over here. But can you fix the BS? Hello. Hi, daddy. And you know it's coming. And that is what people don't talk about. That's what fathers need to open up about more. Yeah, you got screwed when they were under 18. And then you didn't see them. You weren't invited to their college graduation. You weren't invited to their first day in their wedding. You weren't invited to anything. But here they come. <laughs> and you know that's coming. So how are you going to deal with that? And they just say, just be a man and be the bigger person. But that hurt is still there. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
you still go like, damn, y'all threw me under the bus. And you cost me tens of thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? And uh, nobody appreciated it then, but you certainly appreciate it now. And this is the tough part of the world. They just want you to just pay your check and shut up. And so that's what Shaquille O'Neal was doing. It says Shawnee O'Neal, age 47, is an executive producer. All up in the video of VH1's Basketball Wife series, she and Shaq Mary. Ah, oh, we don't need to know all that, but they have four kids. And uh, Shaq said while he no longer has a wife, he still fervently sees himself as a provider and protector of his six children. And I don't know their custody situation at all. So I can't tell you. I, it seems that he's had access to them, but I don't know. But as I was talking about, when your kids are going to come back, well, guess who's coming back to daddy right here? I don't know their custody situation, so I can't really say. But listen to this. This is what I was just warning you about. Now, Shaquille O'Neal, three days later, is actually doubling down on protecting the bag or simping. What Shaquille O'Neal is now saying, why his daughters can stay home as long as they want, but the sons need to move out at 18. Damn. So let me get this straight. And shout out to XL Pro Services says Shaq simping for endorsement deals. We're going to get to that. Thank you on the Cash App, XL Pro Services. Uh, we're going to get to why he's saying these things. But now he's saying here, a few days later, he's cleansing his soul here. Shaquille O'Neal on why daughters can stay home as long as they want, but sons need to move out at 18. He says his daughters can take their time and live at home, while the sons, they got to go when they turn 18. I can't say I 100% disagree with this. There's some things here that I think he's doing. He's saying this. I don't agree with his approach, but I don't disagree with it. I don't disagree with it. We got to understand in this age, even with kids that make a lot of money, they don't have a lot of options today. And many of the options are in technology, STEM. You know, they the whole human resources and psychology degree, that's all gone. So if these kids don't have that, uh, number one, they have no direction. Okay, and we've coddled our kids. We've let them have all kind of ADHD and put all kind of drugs in their system, and they're ill-prepared. All right, Shaq is revealing why he let his daughters live at home uh, for far longer than his sons. On Tuesday's episode of the Pivot Podcast, the former NBA star age 50 shares that his three daughters can stay as long as they want while the three sons got to go when they turn 18. Interesting here. Uh, O'Neal and his ex-wife, Shawnee, share four kids together, and I'm not going to mention the kids. And Shawnee has a son, Miles, from a previous relationship, and O'Neal has a daughter with a former girlfriend, Arnetta. Okay? I like my girls a little bit better. I don't know about that. I mean, I think you're supposed to like your girls equally. Uh, you know, I like my kids equally, but he's going, I like my girls better. Yeah. That's a little bit of shuffling. You know, that's going to be some shuffling Shaq. And he admits because as a man, you have to protect, provide and love your woman. Oh boy. He's pouring it on, bro. He pouring it on. He says, I trust them more because they're more sensitive. They're more caring and they're thinkers. He added of his daughters. Um, they're definitely more sensitive and I would say caring. Yes, for sure. You know how boys are my boys. You bring something in front of them and they're gone. 
I don't even know what that means. But now we're perpetuating stereotypes of young boys. You bring something in front of them and they're gone. I don't know what that means. I can't really understand what he means there. I tell my boys when y'all get 18, y'all all got to go. Girls can stay as long as they want. Yeah, he doesn't want them to become strippers, prawn stars, and all of that stuff. So he needs to protect his name. It would be a shame upon him. Asked if the former athlete was sincere in his response, O'Neal replied, I'm dead serious. The girls can stay as long as y'all want. Take your time. Go to college. Get your master's. Get your doctorate. I'll pay for it. Take your time. Again, I don't 100% disagree with that. The other part of throwing the young boys under the bus, that and then, you know, belittling them and then pedestalizing the other one, I don't think that's fair. Here we go right here. The, um, oh, here we go. A little insight on the custody here. Two years uh, later after, oh, here's another indicator of a double uh, filing for divorce twice. Um. Because you guys, I, I've been telling you, 70% of men are going to deal with this legal thing. O'Neill first filed for divorce from Shawnee in 07, but uh, before the couple re reconciled, reconciled temporarily. Two years later, so there you go. So they were married, they dealt with the law, they got back together, and then they divorced again. So, Or they finally divorced. So even if you're married, and you will deal with the divorce laws. You will deal with it, and a lot of times it will make your ass run back to her. Here it is right here. Shawnee, uh, two years later, Shawnee, now 47, filed for separation and sought sole custody of the children. Come on, guys. There it is. So where's my guy that asked about having kids? Here it is right here. Uh, even though she said he said she could do no wrong, here it is. She's fighting for sole custody of the kids. So um, let me see here. He says, um, the father of six is known for his toughness on the NBA court, but as a father, O'Neal found a different side of himself. Being a dad helped me become more likable, he said. You know how it is in sports. When I lose, I'm tearing up my house. I'm pissed. Um, I'm breaking everything. But as soon as you get home, kids, uh, as, soon as, as soon as you get home, or as soon as you have the kids, as soon as you open the door, all of that goes away. It all has to go away. You have to be nice, especially with girls, because the kids, uh, they don't care if you win or lose. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, you. If you nice your girls, you'll be okay. Doesn't mean that they're going to be productive, but yeah. Girls just care if you're nice, for sure. Why is he saying these things? And we'll get on with the show. Uh, expensive divorce right here. Let's tell you what he's paying in child support and alimony right here. This is early on right here. How much did Shaq uh, divorce cost him? He had a prenuptial agreement. Reports, boom, bist, bombist. It says, um, so when the couple divorced in 2011, most of his assets were protected. In his, in his biography, Shaq Uncut, My Story, he revealed that he and, he and his ex-wife agreed upon a costly private settlement. He continues to pay 10K a month, $10,000 per month in alimony, an additional $10,000 per month for each of his four children. Wait a minute. I don't know if that's 10,000 per month for each one of the children or is that 10,000 per month for all of the children? Somebody figure that out for me. Doing the math, Shaq has to fork over a lot of money every month, but it could have been worse. The divorce was finalized the same year O'Neal retired from the NBA. 
So it went on from 2011, and it took all the way till 2017. Prior to the filing, his ex-wife moved to California where the law requires the married couple must split all assets 50-50. California courts refused to hear issues related to property division and spousal support, saying Florida retained in, uh, retain in the jurisdiction. So she tried to trick him, too. She tried to trick him and move to California and file for divorce there. This seems fair, huh? This seems fair. She seems like a fair woman. Sounds like 40K to me. Sounds like 40K. Um, It says right here, uh, since the children reside with her in LA, she got sole custody. The California family court agreed to handle issues related to child custody. In the California court, if the California court oversaw the divorce proceedings, one half of Shaq's massive fortune would have been gone to the wife. Perhaps it is why it took so long to finalize the divorce and come to an amicable agreement. After that experience, it appears O'Neill has no desire to get married anytime soon. All right, so that doesn't surprise me. Let me see here. Um, I don't know if he's talking about I cheated on my wife. He had to drive that ish on four flats with all the messages. Okay, all right, so... Um, All right, so yeah. So yeah, man. I you know, it is what it is. So one more thing here, we'll get on to the point. The reason why Shaquille O'Neal is doing this. So I won't f- call him a full-fledged sizzimp. But let's take a look at Shaquille O'Neal's portfolio. He's obviously visible on the NBA post-game show. He's obviously visible on commercials. And let's look at his ownership. Shaquille O'Neal owns 155 five-guy restaurants, 40 fitness centers, and one movie theater, among other businesses. So Shaq is on his Magic Johnson, making sure his assets are well protected. So uh, 15 car washes, one shopping center, 17 Auntie Anne's, and all of that. All right, so Shaq is definitely invested there. And he also has significant amount of endorsements. There's not a commercial that you don't see the man on. He has endorsement deals with over uh with about 50 companies, 5-0. In fact, there are not many Americans who haven't seen a single product endorsed by him. A few of them are Icy Hot, Buick, Monster Headphones. O'Neill also has licensing deals with Macy's, Zales, and Arizona Beverage Company. This is a busy man. Uh, and so my interpretation of what he's saying is to make sure that bag is protected, right? So we've seen past NBA players uh, be brought down by some of these things. And Shaquille O'Neal definitely does not want to be that. He does not want any parts of that. And his kids are still fairly young and he wants to be around to be able to protect them. He also wants to mitigate any future Me Too possibilities by coming out, shedding, you know, playing the, uh, get, you know, playing to the woke quad. Crowd, crowd, crowd. All right, let me do this. We'll talk about D-Wade here in a minute. All right, Super Chats. Where we at here? Brown 310, shout out to the Nasty Boys. What did you have to say there? He says, uh, and the Gorditas at the two-for-one happy hour taco spot. He says, think I'll go with a steak and a potato instead. Steak and potato. Um, Man, I saw me a Gordita yesterday. She looked like she can make that bed warm, brother. I wasn't going there, though. All right, younger, unretired, no cap. 
I try to focus on myself and put my nose to the daily grind, but these XXs get into my field of vision to give me resting B face and the cold shoulder. Yeah, man, that's that's simple rejection. You know, that can hurt men for a long time. You know, it's difficult to overcome, but just understand from a woman's perspective, they think most men are repulsive, all right? And so once they find somebody they're attracted to, which is a very small percentage of men, very small, they all think they all have a possibility at that guy. No matter what she looks like, she thinks she's good enough for that guy. Now, let's also add into that. They also will make concessions for men that might be uh, not strikingly handsome. So this is where the other men come in, which could be money, status, any of these things, right? They'll make a concession for that and you'll be somewhat attractive. She'll be like, wow, he's a Wall Street banker, uh, whatever it is. He looks good in a suit or a uniform. He's a pilot. There's a lot of things that they will start making concessions for if they're close enough to the man or they can get close. With the rest of the guys, there's no, there's most women you see on a daily basis, 90% of them don't, 95% of them ain't thinking about you. You don't even have a shot in hell. Sure, you might be able to sway one your way. But the opposite is true of men. About 90% of women, we'd pipe down if she gave us the chance. This is just how we work. We could go right now, walk outside, and we'd be like this. Yep, I'll do her, I'll do her, I'll do her, I'll do her, I'll do her. Women don't do that. Women are going, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him. <laughs> and it could be a cold reality for you guys because you're like, what is it about me? Most of it is. It's just it. That's just it. It was just you. She did not find you attractive. And it's okay. So I always counsel guys, man, because you're like, what do I need to do to have all the women in the world like me? You can be a performer on the stage. You can get mega money. You could have won a genetic lottery. But even your best game cold approach guys cannot guarantee you better than a 70, I'm sorry, better than a 3% rate of return if you approach 100 women. Even your best game guy cannot give you better than a 3% chance of intentionally cold approaching women. So if all, because I know there was a Mac guy telling me, no, that ain't true. All you had to do is step your back up. Guys, sometimes you have to learn how to not waste your time. And that's the other thing Black says, all men get rejected sometimes. And, and when you figure that out, you're back, you could be kicking it with the most strikingly handsome. I don't know if you guys know. I've seen dudes that drop, you know, you guys think if you get a good car, all the girls are going to be, oh, yeah, I'm going to jump in there. Dude, that turns them off. There's some women that are like, oh, they see you coming up. They immediately be like, no, because to them, they think you got that for them and that they think that you think they're just going to fall for that. So they will intentionally disqualify themselves because you pulled up in a nice car. I mean, a nice car. Now, the other part of that is they know they're going to get disqualified automatically because they don't qualify to fit up in that damn thing. So that's another part of the game. We got to realize they're insecure. But when I've hang, hung out with highly attractive dudes, and celebrities and saw them get rejected i was like damn <laughs> when i saw dudes that i was like there's no way a woman would reject them and they get rejected right in front of my face i'm like 
<laughs> it make me sit back like, damn, what am I complaining about? Have you ever seen that? A guy that had it all, six foot tall, six six foot this, six status that, six income this, and a woman be like, eh, <laughs> you're like, shit. Wow, man. So I, that's when you realize, oh, I ain't offended then if a woman turns me down. It ain't no big deal. She turned down 90 men today. It ain't no big deal. It ain't nothing but a thing. Chicken wang on a string. Wisdom Vision Production. It should be illegal for a man to get married and have kids until he turns 30 or has had sex with at least five different women. Changed my mind. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, man, you got to sow your royal oats. I know women are like, don't tell these young men that. No, the power to pee is very persuasive. You guys get one woman to swallow your kids. You're going to marry her. because. <laughs> So get five women to swallow them kids, all right? Because that it ain't going to happen. The first time it happens, you ain't going to know what to do with yourself. The very first time it happens, all right? I would make some facial expressions or whatnot, but I ain't trying to do all that today. The first time she does that, and she, right down the gullet, you like, baby, I'm yours. If you want me, baby, I'm yours. If you need me, loving you forever. If you want me, give me your love, baby, I'm yours. If you need me, ooh, you done. <laughs> you're my lady you're my lady don't matter what she look like you're my lady <laughs> you're my lady you're gonna be singing d'angelo all the messed up lyrics so let a couple guzzle your seat guzzle your seat just so you can understand so you don't just jump out They'd be like, you're the one. You're still the one. <laughs> you're the one I long for. The one that I've ever dreamed of. <laughs> it's crazy out there. Shout out to uh uh where's the vision? Dante the lost boy. I think he's being set up and he knows it, and he's trying to delay his downfall. Because I've been reading articles over the past six months to a year. He's been in the news giving out a lot of money. So you're on to something. You're definitely on to something. I think he knows. I mean, he's talking about his dirt. He's trying to, he's trying to cleanse his soul. He's trying to tell us, I've been a bad boy out there. And trust me, it's a well-known. Kelby Bryant even tried to throw his ass under the bus. <laughs> all right? On this one. Remember, he was like, Shaq got all these girls and he's paying rent for them. Shout out R.A.P. to Kobe when he got popped in Colorado. Kobe went to start. He started shuffling. Kobe started shuffling. So in this, in the time that that was going on, people overlooked stuff like that. Today, it's a party foul treating being a womanizer. It's not going down like that, being a womanizer. Even though we live in a very sexual, highly sexual culture, being a womanizer today 
or if you were it at, in, in the past, they're going to find a way to victimize themselves. They're going to find a way to say, you know, he really did me dirty. He told me he was going to leave his wife. Um, he paid for my apartment for five, 10 years. You know, he really used me and let, let me. So now he's trying to cover that up, allegedly. But of course, these men don't pay, right? <laughs> Guys, it's better to just pay. I'm telling you, if y'all want to not deal with the BS, just go on and kick them down. All right, y'all y'all like to deal with BS for free. Rare Breed Sheed says, NWO, new woman order or new woke order. All bad either way. Abel returns to Eden. My dear brother, coach, I am monk for close to 10 years. I wear a celebrate ring, so the ladies keep back. No children. Oh, interesting. You wear it on your ring finger, your left hand. He says, no children or alimony. Men, life is too short for the bitter sweetness of XXs. Amen. And the Lord says, amen. People don't realize what they do. Guys, one of the things we preach here is peace, quiet, and freedom. You don't realize how peaceful your life will become once you eliminate that part of your life. I mean, that's what's causing you stress and strife. I mean, your work is, but Young Viking says, let's not forget Shaq was simping hard for, uh, is it Roxy? I remember who it was. It was the 106 in Park girl, I believe. Yeah, for those who don't know, she was the 106 in Park BET, even though she was 40 plus, still smashable. I remember her. Puerto Rican girl, right? Was she Puerto Rican or Dominican or something like that? Honduran. She was Honduran. I'm trying to find an image of her. Eddie Murphy with her? What is this? What is this? Eddie Murphy smashing too? Hey, once you guys understand this, I know you're not going to really like this. This is her right here. Yeah, boy. I, I like her. Oh, there, her feet are out there. Here we go. She looking good right here. She looking young. Here she was on the stage right there. Yeah, she a bad piece. There she got them feet out right here. Yeah, man. I got money. So for people that don't understand, why do you like feet? And feet are nasty. Why are they all, they showing them all the time? All right. As you guys know, uh, pictures were, and some women know this. This is why they get to selling feet pictures. Pictures with women with no shoes on, they get way more views than when if they do have shoes on. You're like, I would know that if I have a foot fetish. <laughs> but you know that too. That's why you be at the pedicure spot all the time, painting your nails and getting the back of your heels scrubbed off. So don't come in here talking to me. And trying to put me down. If you think it's weird, stop putting toenail polish on. <laughs> if you think it's weird, stop going to the pedicure shop and letting fish eat the back of your heels. And what is Eddie Murphy doing with her? Were they dating? Is Eddie Murphy dating her? Go ahead, Eddie. Look at Eddie. Eddie, give me half. Eddie says, I'm the F you man. Yeah, stop putting... $500 high heel shoes on your feet. So Eddie Murphy, man, he had him little Roxy. Oh, one thing I was going to say here is a lot of these women in the industry, you really don't want to know. Yeah, somebody says they get passed around, Gemini writer. A lot of women in the industry, this is why I don't have crushes on celebrity women. Like, I don't have, like, who's your dream girl? And somebody's like, they want me to say some celebrity. I really don't. Because I know the bad side of it. I'm like, dude, 
you ain't you don't even want to follow up what's going on there. You don't want to follow up. You don't want to know because they uh who's the one girl somebody just mentioned. We were talking about somebody and they were like, oh, she's dating somebody else. Who was it? Uh Tay Diggs. So Tay Diggs, we were talking about, oh, take the I'm the two dollar Tay Diggs, by the way. Tay Diggs girlfriend. Somebody was telling me, and I was like, and I was like, who? And it was like, oh, Tay Diggs is dating this girl. And this is all alleged right here. And the girl Tay Diggs is dating, allegedly, um, is the girl that been passed around all of B2K and all of that. Mm. Now, I'm like, what a girl wants, what a girl needs, a guy to be there for her. Like, that's your girl? Brother, that's your girl? <laughs> Come on, man. But uh, it is what it is. Women in the industry, unfortunately. Look at that. He looking like me when I was, you know, a little bit younger. All right, $2 Tay Diggs, by the way. And, of course, he's divorced. And he was married to a Jewish woman. I think she was Jewish. Can you say that on YouTube? Not if you're not dissing him. Ricky V says if Shaq, where is it? If Shaq wasn't a big goofy clown, he would uh, he would be the big scary guy black people would run from. Wait, the big scary black guy people would run from. It's all for money. It is what it is. So this is a complex. I know people talk about short men and having Napoleon complexes, but tall men, especially giants, tend to have the jolly green giant uh, complex. So they'll try to minimize themselves. They'll try to lower themselves and make themselves smaller. They'll also try to be goofy. This is why short guys are always walking around all serious and <laughs> men are insecure, all walking around with their elbows out. Look at me. I'm just tough, 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 tough. <laughs> Super alpha me. And they're all under six foot one. Maybe six two. All right, and under. But a guy that's like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, they'll go above and beyond to not appear like a big grizzly bear, all right? They don't want to appear scary. They don't want to scare people. So as much as short men have Napoleon complexes, tall men have goofy complexes. They make themselves a clown, okay? And they minimize themselves, and they make themselves more appealing because if they did the opposite, they'd be scary. Right? They'd be like, who is this guy? They can't do it, and they've seen the effects of that, especially if they get angry. People probably run. They're like, what? this jolly green giant general. So this is what happens. Uh, this is why Shaq does what he does. It's the opposite of what short people do. Short men. It's the opposite of what short men do. Tall men do the jolly green giant. And they become goofy in a clown. So Ricky V is right on that one. And this is just my... <laughs> Yeah, they looking like Godzilla coming through here. So here we go here. King Chris, welcome back, coach. You've been missed. Shout out to the coach gang and the nasty boys. Free agent lifestyle, 100%. Thank you, sir, for being here again, King Chris. All right, Roberto Moreno, I know I'm late, but it's okay. Shaq said he let his wife discipline his kids. Okay, so again, it's the same thing. I think a lot of times when fathers discipline their kids, they come off as aggressive, abusive, less loving, and whatnot, right? Uh, so, but fathers are typically trying to protect and love and all of that stuff. And they have uh, outside stresses in the world, namely could be an ex, could be the world, could be courts, could be work. We have outside stresses that make it so 
we can't love bomb our kids, you know, but we love them. And the reason why, again, one thing, ladies, if you're here, ladies, I'm going to show you how men show love. I'm going to tell you. This is how men show love. And um, the reason why Shaquille O'Neal was able to show love in the way he did with his kids is because he never had to do. Um, he never really had to do this and he probably had guilt and he overcompensated with love and because he wasn't stressed with the world. But let me sh tell you how men show love because they want men to be nice. I mean, because we're fighting the world. We're trying to survive out here. We're trying to not get killed and not get beat up and shot. You know what I mean? And not arrested by the cops and choked out and knee needed a neck. We try to not get, uh, you know, punched down, punched in the back. We not, you know, men are trying to survive. We're trying not to get fired. So we are dealing with stresses. And sometimes that is passed on to the kid and the kid doesn't feel love. But this is how men get show love to their loved ones. They show up. They're there. They want to be there. When we show up, we ain't showing up for all this BS and to not like it. <laughs> We're not showing up out of obligation. We're showing up because we love and we want to protect and we want to see these people in the future. See, a man is thinking about his kids when they turn 18 and 20 and 30 and 40. That's what he's thinking about. And it's very hard for him to be present because he's constantly trying to figure out how to provide these kids with opportunities in the future. A woman is thinking about today, today's love today, and she can try to be present with that kid in nurturing and caring and whatnot. So now they think men need to do it the same way to show love. And if a man doesn't show love that way, he doesn't love his kids. And the kids might even interpret that. Well, if he's like this, he doesn't like me. Well, what the world doesn't understand is when men are there, they love. And that's how men show love. And I think men, the society's trying to overcorrect and trying to make us become what the mama is for the betterment of the kids. And if this is what you have to do is what you have to do. But it is what it is. And I think people don't understand that until they become parents. When you become parents, you realize why your father was the way he was. But when you're a kid, you don't understand. And it's okay. But men show love. All right? Men show love by showing up. If they're there, they love. Period. End of story. Moving on. Eric Powell, today's morning show was a classic LOL. Yes, indeed. Thank you, sir. Victor Jimenez says, I watched a few of the Seeking Arrangement streams and it changed my perspective completely. Glad I never started uh, other dating apps as a 25-year-old. Waste of time they would have been. Thank you for the knowledge. Absolutely. Dating uh, dating uh, is done. Dating apps are done, done. Ladies, Tinder and Bumble is a disaster. Don't do it uh, because I can have way more success over here on Seeking. I got to get back to a little bit more of these stories here. Uh, let's get to this story right here. We're off Shaquille O'Neal for the people who are watching. We're done with Shaquille. Pause. Uh, pause. Shout out to Shaquille O'Neal. Let me close some of these tabs here. Thanks for Shaquille for stopping by and visiting the show. Send me an autographed jersey, Shaquille, if you want. You know how to reach me. Send me a DM. I probably won't check it. All right, so... <laughs> 
Here it is right here. Uh, finally, abuse of men psychologically is on on a uh, front stage. It's on the mainstream. We have Amber Heard. We're going to review what this um, therapist or this psychologist who I heard significant portions of her testimony today. She was talking about, namely, um, IPV and gaslighting and how 90% of the people who gaslight their partners are women. It's typically a tactic that women use, a.k.a. threatening to ruin your reputation, gaslighting you, making accusations of abuse that they cannot prove. And they called it IPV. I did not look it up. But this woman said 90% of the people who do it to their partner is from women to men. So a woman will say, I'll call the police on you. I'll threaten you. I'll get you fired from your job. I'll get this type of thing here. And she says most of the time it's women to men. Now, the physical abuse, it's half and half. She was out here kicking the knowledge. She's kicking the knowledge. And a lot of people are learning about this behavior. And also, she's going to talk about um, people who use PTSD, uh, bipolarism, how they exaggerate some of these things and these claims, and they don't have it. And so this woman, because of this trial, this psychologist, I believe, was able to test her with 500 and some odd questions or items. and then. She is in here going to interpret. She's out here exaggerating claims of being a victim to portray the victim. It is crazy. It's called interpersonal violence. Thank I knew KT King would know what it is. KT King's been studying up. Interpersonal violence. This is different from, this is a form of domestic violence. It is not commonly known. It is something that the manosphere has been talking about and trying to make you aware of. It is what I talk called manipulation. And we call you, you know, we kind of just talk about how it works. But this woman has basically laid it out. If you want to go back and hear, she testified today. Listen to what she was saying. And unfortunately, society has fallen on deaf ears. But the good thing about this trial, the people who are paying attention, and a lot of people are, they're learning about these manipulative tactics, threatening you, threatening to put you on child support, threatening to take away custody of your kids, threatening uh, to make abuses, uh, threatening to call the police. This is toxic behavior. This is abuse when they do that, especially when they know that it's going to be a lie. Especially when they know that they're trying to gain an advantage by using it. This is 100% abuse. And people don't think it's abuse. People think that they're just trying to get control of the situation. But it is abuse. And a lot of young women are using these tactics because they learn it from their older women. And they think that this is how they deal with men. I'm thankful for Johnny Depp for putting Amber Heard on trial for highlighting these things. Let's continue with this information here. She's going to say Amber Rose, Amber Rose, Amber Heard is exaggerating her PTSD symptoms and tests, etc. As a result of applying those protocols, what did you conclude? Ms. Heard did not have PTSD. And there were also pretty significant indications that she was grossly exaggerating symptoms of PTSD. Now, gentlemen, this is very common. How many times have you heard of them? I'm bipolar. I have PTSD. I'm in therapy. I've been this and that and that and I was abused. I've been telling you for a long time. They have never been diagnosed. Many of them are dealing with uh, therapists or counselors that will diagnose them or suggest that they have it. And so they will use it as a crutch or an excuse to get bail out. I've been telling you this for a long time. And here it is. 
Here's an example of it right here. And as you can see how smug she looks while she's listening to this testimony, it tells you she's a manipulator continuing on here. When asked about them. How did you make that latter conclusion? So one of the strengths of this test, as I mentioned, the important thing about any test used when you're doing an evaluation in forensics is to make sure that the person is responding accurately. And this test does that by not just asking people whether they have a symptom, but asking follow-up questions that draw out very detailed accounts of every single symptom of PTSD. Ah, see, 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 so this is what you guys don't do. Somebody says, oh, I got ADHD, or oh, I got PTSD, or oh, I was an addict, I was uh, recovering, blah, 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 blah. And you never tell them, well, give me examples. I was in an abusive relationship, give me examples. And so this person said she claimed it, but then there's part of the testing protocol was then to provide um, evidence of it. And the test will reveal if you're exaggerating because you can't exaggerate. You, you can't be accurate or you can't lie on the test. <laughs> it says lying 85% on the test, 85%. And when you're really familiar with this disorder, which you need to be to administer this test, there are nuances in the way a person will describe their symptoms that have been shown repeatedly to indicate exaggeration. So a person might say, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to jump off a bridge. I'm going to do this. And you listen, we know it's not going to happen because then you can say, well, why did you say that? List why you said that. And then probably when they list it, you say, that's probably no threat, but we have to exercise caution, <laughs> right? There's probably no threat because I can see based on why they responded, what they were responding to when they said it predictably, why they used it, what they said before that and after that. It's probably not true. But. We're faking. There are also indications. She said faking. When she said faking. Symptoms that have been when you're really familiar with this disorder, which you need to be to administer this test. There are nuances in the way a person will describe their symptoms that have been shown repeatedly to indicate exaggeration or faking. There are also indications when somebody is clearly giving you a genuine response. Okay. Mm. What, if any, symptoms of PTSD did you observe and misheard? So um, there are 20 kind of core symptoms that somebody might can manifest with PTSD. You don't have to have all of them. Um, 20 symptoms? Oh, boy. This is when I go, how am I? Lord have mercy. Jeez. Ms. Hurd initially said that she had, in the first question, you say, do you ever have this? Before you get to the more nuanced follow-up questions. When I asked that first question on each item, she initially said, yes, I have that, to 19 of the 20 symptoms. <laughs> okay. So what is Amber Hurd writing? She writing like, man, I'm, if somebody killed this biop. All right. And so, uh, you know, this is white on white crime for black people that say white people don't do this right here. You got it right here. All right. So they she got the bag over here. All right. But um, initially, somebody that is going to take a test, this is why if somebody takes a test and they're getting evaluated, you'll find that the test has 100, 200 questions. It's not 15 questions. The questions have they're 100, 200, 300 questions. Why? Because they're trying to see. Where are you going to lie? And it's, it's to trip you up and see if you're exaggerating what you're trying to get out of, et cetera. So she said, 
the first 19 and 20 questions, she did the predictable. Yep, yep, yep. I got all that. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. But then when you had to go in and get the nuances, it wasn't present. That's not typical even of somebody with the most disabling form of PTSD. Damn. Wow. So she said, if you got 19 out of 20, even if you had the highest form of PTSD, you wouldn't check yes, 19 out of 20. Meaning you're lying. You're lying. Even if you're at the peak PTSD, you wouldn't go 19 out of 20. But Amber Heard went 19 for 20. And that's when they said she lying. <laughs> when we eventually sort of dialed it down, she had three remaining symptoms. And having symptoms of any disorder is common for all of us. Some of us struggle with sleep. Some oh. of us get anxious. Oh, um, there you go. It could be several different disorders. It could just be that you have this struggle in your life. There you go. So a lot of people will use struggle in their lives and then they end up being on medication and in therapy. And what she's saying, we all have this. So get it through your skulls. We all go through stress, trauma, uh, tough times, hard points in our lives. And then some people go the hard way and they go long on it. And some people aren't able to handle it. Some of you are sleepy. Some of you are hungry, right? Some of you need some segs. Some of you need a wake-up call and get back to reality. Some of you are entitled. Some of you need to eat breakfast. <laughs> uh, shout out to that one right there. I mean, come on, man. It is what it is. All right, she's a liar. She's a liar, and she's a manipulator, and I'm glad that trial is pointing it out. But look, some of us won't have the benefits of making people take psycholo psychological tests. You only got 15 seconds to tell your case in the court of law and that's it unless you want to pay for psychologists and all of that most of you guys are going to get screwed uh let's see here let's see here roberto moreno did you see that video uh short that caught that man sucking that woman's toes in traffic oh no that ain't me bro i mean look feet are nice but i ain't trying to put my mouth on it <laughs> all right i'm not trying to suck on toes not all the time at least <laughs> not everybody's toes all right, especially not gorditas. You're going to have to be a slimmy. You're going to have to be a slimmy. All right, I ain't sucking on no fat little stubby old toes now. <laughs> who, was the, who was sucking the toes? Who was sucking toes? I don't even know. What video was that? Shout out to Young Viking. If she's truly uh, virtuous is, wait. If she's truly virtuous, is okay to eat it from the back? I think you're saying, is it okay to eat it from the back? Oh, man, we're going off today. We're going crazy today. I ain't answering that. Abel returns to eating. Yes, I wear it on my left hand. It helps since I work with a lot of women and I admit my celibacy. It also helps me hold the line. Can I get an amen? Indeed, man. Uh, well, that's good. Uh, some some women will see that as a challenge, too. All right. They will see that as all. Um, unless you tell them that you're celibate, right? I, I realize now bike, bike, B-Y-K-E is probably synonymous with back, right? I've been learning that today because the dude yesterday said we bike and I said we bike, right? But I think it's we bike, we bike, we back. I don't know. Mr. Nonchalant, I hit the dirty 30 tomorrow thinking of going monk and no fat for the next, for the next six months starting May 1st just to recenter myself. 
might have a rendezvous with a ling ling before then. Yeah, get it out your system. All right. Mm. Shout out to you, free agent for life. Get it out of your system. Definitely. All right. Get it out of your system. Oh, it's some Florida stuff. Yeah. By, okay. All right. Florida, you got to know, man. Florida always. So we bike is back. Yes, that's me being old. Somebody says, get that venom out. Uh, that was coined by the Logic Sphere. Shout out to the Logic Sphere over there. All right, go subscribe to his channel. Who came up with that? Or Minister Jap? Minister Jap came up with bike. All right, shout out to Jap. Minister Jappa. The Jappa over there. We bike. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sometimes you got to get your venom out. Get your venom out before you go on the long thing because, you know, you're going to be able to transmute this energy into something positive. Um, it is what it is. Not a lot of people are willing to take that route. KT King is in the building. How long are we going today? There's KT King. Uh, intimate. Did I say that right? Intimate. Partner violence equals IPV. Heard has borderline personality disorder, multiple personalities present, and histrionic worse than bipolar. Well, yeah, man. I tell you, man. It's, it's crazy out here. Um, you guys got to really be careful. Go ahead. Go back and look at, oh, bike is from Plies. Okay. Go back and look at some of the streams where I'm identifying these things, talking about mental health, talking about people who are unstable. They're lost in the world. They don't know what to do. They don't really know, have any direction of their lives. And they want to be a part of your life. And then once they become a part of your life, you sign the fine print unwritten, unwritten contract uh, where they get to manipulate you. Manipulation by men is often illegal. Manipulation by women is often something that you must overcome in some form or fashion without hitting them. So you got to find a way to find this balance between, all right, let me let me do this jousting match without resorting to my strength, which I'm not telling you that's what you should be able to do. But what I'm telling you is you're basically dealing from your weaker position. Right. If you're dealing from a weak position where you got to battle them and they've been well prepared and well versed in manipulation. OK, I gave you the story about the third and fourth grade playground. You guys are out playing basketball, thinking you're changing the world. You're playing 21 and you're playing flag football, tackle football. You're doing whatever you can. You're punching people in and roughhousing. And the girls typically are over there in the corner. Conversating, developing clicks, kicking girls out of clicks. Um, ignoring other girls, giving girls the side eye. They're going through emotional warfare. And by the time it erupts, five or 10 girls are crying. Uh, there may be a point where they have to kick all the boys out of the classroom and go take them and show them a movie and give them popsicles so they can talk to the girls. Okay, girls, we got to really have. But so they've already done, they're doing this from very young age and they're very trained at it. They're very, those skills are honed in. They're good at nonverbal communication, silent treatment, switching of partners, meaning this is my bestie today. Tomorrow, I, I hate you. All right, you're my frenemy. And then they go through these things and they do, they do these things for years, bro. They can do these things with one girl from third grade to ninth grade. And they ain't never thrown a punch at this girl, but they've gone through warfare. And here you go, you're going to show up thinking you're going to be able to overcome this. Nah, this ain't your playground, guys. This ain't it. You're going to get ran circles around. They're going to run circles around you in this department. 
You don't have what it takes. And so what happens is you take abuse. And this, this is what we're pointing out. You take abuse. And you don't see it as abuse. Then you call me up and you call all these dating coaches up. Hey, coach, what do I do when? Hey, teacher, how do I do this? Hey, guy, what do I do this? Hey, alpha, how do I do this? Hey, PUA, how do I get around when a woman does this? She's abusing you. That's what it is. And identify it as abuse. Accept it as abuse. But what people will say is, we're hating women. No, we're not wanting to accept abuse. That's what we'd have to really draw the line on. You're being manipulated and abused. What do you need to do? And you first need to admit and accept you've been manipulated and abused. Until then, you will continue to play reindeer games with them or what they call coochie games in which they've been playing coochie games for a very long time and before you even thought about sliding your salami in someone else. Man, if he loves you, he's going to understand it. But if you playing with a nigga who already got options, coochie games not going to work. Mm -mm. What will work with a guy who has so many options? Nothing. And so they say maintain frame, maintain masculine frame, and all of these things in, in, um, as a well way to get around this manipulation. But what they will also admit is that the person that you hold masculine frame on will constantly test you. It doesn't end. Masculine frame is not one time. Masculine frame is constant. But they're not telling you the whole story. The person that is telling you to hold masculine frame is not telling you to, is not telling you that you're being abused and manipulated. They're just saying this woman's shit testing you. She's trying you. She's trying to see. That's what they'll tell you. What they should be telling you is, they're manipulating you. They're abusing you. They're gaslighting you. They're threatening you. And people need to look at it that way. I don't know. This is what I'm saying. People need to look at it that way. Stop saying it's a shit test. No, it's an abuse of tactic. Okay, that's what it is. The same as if you did it. The same as if you did it. It's not a shit test. It's abuse. It's controlling. It's insecure. It's manipulation. They never say, oh, when, what happens when guys shit test us? Have you ever heard a woman say that? It's what men say about women. Oh, well, this girl's doing shit test number one. She's doing shit test level two. She's doing shit test level three. No, this is abuse. It's the same as if you did it to her, it would be abuse. So let's just, but I think what guys are going to do is they're going to say, if I admit I'm abused, it, it means that I'm weak. And I just don't want you to believe that. You're not weak. You're just ill-equipped with the tactics that they've been honing in on since third grade and maybe earlier, and you have had no experience with it, period. Mm. Now, the best way I deal with it is never to deal with them in that level. I'm like, no, 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 no. See, when does I see the sign? I saw the signs. <laughs> I'm like, baby, hit the door. Don't let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you. Get out of here. And here's a fistful of 20s to make you know that there's nothing else more than that than dollars coming this way. All right. That's what I that's how I deal with it. The power is in your wallet and in your feet. If you walk away and you keep your wallet tight, that's where you got them. They're, they don't have nothing to overcome than that. But some of you guys are peace leave addicts, too. But I like variety too much. There ain't no woman that I got to be like, I got to just have yours. 
It's yours that I want. <laughs> it's your peace leave. There's no better peace leave than yours. Not me. I'd be like, man, there's another one right over there. All right. I'm not about to sit here and get manipulated. All right. Just because you got a couple pieces of peace leave. There's some girls that I would love to get another shot at, though. There are some girls that I would love to get another shot at. There's one in particular I know that if she called right now, I'd be down there. But the last time she did that, she was in a relationship. We used to mess around. She was my Miss Monday night. And I would only see her one time a week. I had her own limit. And she was nasty. She, she was the nasty girls, bro. She was she was fantastic in bed. All right. Now, with that being said, she was always trying to negotiate relationship. She was always trying to uh trying she was she was always trying to um give ultimatums. She was uh kind of abusive that way. And I would tell her, look, I'm a I was red pilled at the time. I was like, you know, I know what you're doing. You're not gonna get, you know, I kept her really at bay. And for about a year and a half, two years, she was just Miss Monday night. That's what I called her. She was Miss Monday night. And she was I, I could have had her two or three times. I could have had her where I wanted her, but this is what gave her leverage to push for a relationship. So guess what? I cut it off. I was like, no more for you. And then she got into a relationship. Then she ended up texting me a year, a year and something later. Hey, uh, how's it going? Are you still living the free agent lifestyle? That's what she said. Are you still living the free agent lifestyle? Trying to make fun of me. And I said, absolutely. She was like, damn. And I was like, hey, what you doing? She was like, do you want to come over and smash this? I was like, hell yeah, I'll be on my way. I was like, here I come. And she was like, but let me just tell you. I'm looking for a relationship. I'm not just going to give you access to me anymore. I want a relationship. So I was like, huh. I was like, here, you on that bullshit again. What have you been doing the whole time that we've been apart? Oh, I'm in a relationship now. So you're in a relationship now and you calling me over. And she tried to tip me with the, she tried to tip my tummy with the taste of nuts of honey. All right, pause. Not that type of nuts. She tried to tip my tummy, tummy. And so she tried to reel me in and then try to pull back on me. Well, give me a relationship first. And, I, and then she's going to. So, guys, never when women come, she hit me with the hey, stranger. <laughs> yeah. She was monkey branching. She definitely was monkey branching. That would be the definition of monkey branching. She basically was like, let me go on and see what this guy got. I'll hold on to this. And if this guy give me what I want, I'll swing my ass over there. She was an educated woman. All right. She was an educated woman, too, by the way. <laughs> she was an educator. She was an educator. Meaning she was like a principal at a school. That's what her job was. So I could focus on my career. So I used to see her the way her kids did not see her, her kids at the school. Where are we at here? Uh, we won't cover that story today. There's a couple more super chats. Thank you, KT King. Yeah, somebody says, sound like the okie doke. Yeah, she was going to pull the okie doke, man. She, yeah, it was a mess. It was a messy, messy mess. I saw that coming. I was like, yeah, nah. Yeah, she was up. She was north of 30. But it was good, though, bro. She was a. Uh, she was fantastic. <laughs> she wasn't even from the junior college. She was one. Hey, by the way, she was one of them that you wouldn't even think. You'd be like, she's probably going to be a virgin. 
I was like, she probably don't know how to be touched. She was one of them that I was like, boy, if your parent, if the PTA knew what you were doing, <laughs> if the PTA knew what you were doing, oh, there was not many boundaries with her. Let's just say that. I don't want to get graphic. But she was a fun time. But you would, if you saw her, you wouldn't even, especially in our professional outfit, you wouldn't even thought. You would not even thought, bro. You would be like, there's no way. Yeah, she shocked me. Andrew says, Coach, where can I find it? Jack Shack. Pause. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to find them. I don't use Jack Shacks. Actually, every anytime I see, anytime I see, um, Anytime I see like low budget massage parlors, I never use them. I'll be like, nah, <laughs> I'm not going in there. That looks like a police thing. I only go to like high end massage places just to make sure it's understood. I'm not here for the happy ending. Because if you go to one of them in the shopping mall, into them little strip malls, they got like four stores. And then one of them is a Jack Shack and it's all covered up. They got painted Jack Shack. And I'm like, and all you see is Ling Ling's outside smoking cigarettes on their break. I'm like, nah, yeah, over in Garden Grove. <laughs> yeah, I don't go to anything. Westminster, Garden Grove. Uh, I stayed away a hell out of there, bro. Neon lights. <laughs> yeah, with the neon lights on it. Open for business. Oh, hell no. <laughs> $40. Yeah, nope. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to taste that, that, that. Dude, the police is hiding back there. Or it's a van. It's a van like my man Quagmire had. Uh-oh, I got to show it. Remember Quagmire had that van where he ran into, he got into an accident and all them women start running out? Quagmire. Uh, women running out of car. Yeah, this is what, let me see, running out of car or van or the trunk. It was the trunk. Yeah, this is what it is. The Thai girl. See, this is what I think when it's the Jack Shack. Uh, hold on for a second. Let me see here. Oh, wait. I got to share it. Like in the back, this is what I think the back parking lot looking like right here. Peter, what the hell? My car. Yeah, man. <laughs> like in the back of the in the back of the Jack Shack, when I walk in, they gonna get raided. You know what I mean? And they go look like that. People jumping out the car. Like, <laughs> oh man, not I, bro. You ain't gonna catch me in no raid with my mugshot looking like looking like this here. <laughs> soon as i walk in oh you like a full service huh you like a full service <laughs> yeah i like a full service and they'd be like oh you want everything huh you want everything <laughs> yo i gotta end this show because it's going off the rails now anyway shout out to the coach gang the show is done <laughs>